Stafford is being chased, thrown on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Touchdown, Chargers! That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. What's going on, Bob fam? Welcome to the Thunder Down Under Chargers podcast. I'm Andy Prophet. That is Alistair Lloyd. How are you, mate? Good, brother. The two of us again. Been a hot minute. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since the the Alan Prof uh, two man show. We are obviously one man down this week. Uh, one very soon to be. Oh, sorry, he is on very soon to be fatherly duties. The newest member of the TDU family due any time now. Uh, we Let's wish go. both Jack and his fiance Beck all the best, welcoming their baby girl into the world. Very exciting times, mate. Big time. Can't wait. Big We're sort time. of waiting imminently, imminently for the news. Waiting with bated breath to congratulate Big Jack and Beck. We love you guys. So good luck. Hope it's smooth. Yeah, I reckon a couple of listeners might be um, awaiting the good news as well. I think it's been awesome to see. I've experienced the, the the love and support myself this week. So I appreciate all you guys reaching out to to Jack on his journey and, and me starting out um, mine with my partner. It's um, much appreciated, guys. It's, uh, the love goes right back. So thank you. Um, in the it's football amazing, world, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's very special. In the in the football world, it's it's like sleeps until Christmas, seven or eight, depending on your time zone. Football's coming, second last show until we're reviewing week one football. But we've got to be patient. There's plenty to get stuck into on the show today. Probably no raps or Pan American accents. I reckon. What do you think? What? Who's going to cover poetry? Do you know any, you know, Keats or Lord Byron, Siegfried Sassoon, perhaps? Well, I left I left poetry off that little spiel because uh, you regaled us with some Edgar Allan Poe. So I left that one off. But, you know, I don't know what you've got stowed up your sleeve, mate. The 53-man roster has been announced. Game three of the preseason against the Niners review on the way and... We'll see how we go. Might finish up with a bit of fun, a bit of a bit of league-wide gear at the end. Uh, before we get stuck in, guys, if you are enjoying what we're doing, give the show a like, follow the channel if you haven't already, stay up to, up to date with us. Season 2023 is upon us, uh, so join us for the ride. We appreciate you all. Thank you. All right, shall we start from the top? The roster, the 53-man, it's in, and right from the QB rooms, um, pretty surprising to see only two. First time I can remember, mate, um, at least for a long time, that we've carried only the two quarterbacks. And yeah, especially with this new rule where there isn't a small incentive to carry a third, you kind of get to cheat and have an extra guy dress on game day to try and avoid what happened to the 49ers last year in the playoffs. And Max Duggan got cut. I need to eat some humble pie that uh, yeah. Kev Diego and others politely didn't remind me about but I, I i went into bat for the use of the seventh round pick my argument was you know have a flyer if it hits so be it but it doesn't look as good if you decide to cut bait on that pick uh during training camp before week one so i think i'm gonna have to very rarely admit defeat on that one yeah i should have of course started by 
listing the position and the players, Justin Herbert and Easton Stick, obviously QB and QB, QB1 and QB2. Trouble um, if you don't know that one, isn't it? You almost yeah, need to switch off right, right yeah. now. <laughs> or stick around, you know, you, you might, we might get a fan. Learn a thing um, or two, yeah. Very surprising. It's, it has been a while. Um, I want to delve into this a little bit later on. Uh, but yeah, it has been a while since we've seen a, a draftee get booted that off season and a, us only going in with two QBs did it for a while with Phil Rivers. That was a different thing. He was, uh, never missed a game. Uh, all right. Running backs, four of them, Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, and Elijah Dotson. Um, what do we think, Al? Uh, I guess the way that the moves went across the off season with Larry Roundtree getting the boot. Um, and obviously after this, Elijah Dotson showed up in that game, uh, against the Rams, the writing was sort of on the wall. Do you think four is a lot? Yeah, I think we've seen the what happens is when you make that decision, you lose one elsewhere, and we'll get to that in a second. But, hey, one of only two undrafted free agents to make the roster, the kind of trend of the team, and Telesco takes pride in it. It continues. I thought Dotson earned it. I mean, uh, week one was sublime. Week two was shithouse. And against the, against the Niners, I thought in the second half, he showed enough on not not just like three runs that, hey, he's got some wiggle. He's probably got a bit more speed than Spiller. Look, at, look, we know that these things aren't set in stone and these there could be um, more churn and change in the next few days. But good story for the young man out of northern Colorado. And your boy, Prof, your boy, Andy, Xander Horvath. We were worried Makes or we didn't in. know what to think. Never in doubt. <clears throat> Never in doubt, apparently. Uh, yeah, it was a bit surprised. I saw him on maybe a couple of couple of snaps over the weekend, and um, oh, they've obviously got him in the plan. So cool, big special teamer. He's an athletic unit, so I mean, you've got to find a way for him some way. And special teams is Boston, so maybe it's guys like him and some of the linebackers that we'll get to who are standing up. Uh, wide res- wide receiver room. No big surprises, I guess, from those except for maybe the quarterbacks being one less. I'm going just over the ones that we've just gone through before we get onto the wide receivers. No real surprises, so we can kind of just let that play out. Um, wide receivers five: Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston, and Darius Davis, who will also undertake the punt and kick return duties. We're a bit light in this room as well. Well, sorry, in this room compared to being heavy in the running back room. Interesting. Like, even if you keep six wide receivers, you probably don't dress all six on game day. So that last position is kind of some cover uh, in case you need to make some moves because there's an injured player. So, you know, someone's sore during the week. There's a guy who's on the pup list, Mm. Jalen Guyton, ineligible to return until week five. Um, the pup list sells you, if you're listening is the physically unable to perform list. So he'll be there in a, in a few weeks time. <laughs> he will be listening to one of our best mates and listens religiously. Great support. Doesn't, doesn't know what know we're talking it... about. Nope. Just listens. <laughs> so excuse Love me yourself. for pointing that out. But look, that, that just sort of feeds into your point, mate. Sort of not having to, to name a sixth wide receiver, as you said, you know, we've got another guy who's on the pup list as well that could move back into the fold. So there might be a little bit of fluctuation with some of their position. Just the initial, the initial listing of the roster shouldn't cause grave concern because, oh God, you know, we had injured wide receivers. Why are we only carrying five? Like things, you know, it swings and roundabouts. Um, what I did notice, well, I, I could be wrong, but I, I thought I read that the Chargers actually released Keelan Doss. 
um, and and waived the rest of them. Does that have any effect that you know of of signing him onto the practice squad or going through the waivers? So I've dropped the I've, I've You've chucked dropped the concrete the boots on you, mate. I'm going to have to <laughs> consult my note. This is this is what happens when I do a presentation at work. I'll just take that question on notice. Thanks, Andy. Uh, that might be the domain <laughs> of our great friend Carl D. Uh, the distinction between the two, whether it has any impacts. I understand though that. Uh, Hightower has essentially been given his marching orders and told he's not going to be a candidate for the practice squad, whereas Doss okay. might be, is the rumours we're hearing out of Chargers camp. Surprised about that at all? I know there was a lot of kind of Hightower pop during training camp. Do you think he ever had a, ever had a chance? I thought the proof was in the pudding. Yeah, oh, look, I was excited as the next Chargers fan to see what sort of wide receiver depth we were going to have, uh, whether QJ would be... Decent, would he push for the, the wide receiver three spot? What was Darius Davis going to provide? Um, and Hightower was the guy providing. He had the stats. He had the tutties in the in camps and training drills. Um, but he, when he got on the field, he kind of sucked. So um, I have no qualms with uh, him giving his marching orders. And I thought Keelan Doss was the guy that actually showed something. Um, Me too. Probably has that big size. Maybe you'd want a little bit more vari variation in your in your body types. Um, but yeah, I think he's the only guy, Keelan Doss, that I'd be keen of keen for having on the practice squad. High tower, no Bynum, and maybe at a stretch, but maybe hope not. Um, no big surprises to that room. No, uh, not it's a good sign for its strength when they're not feeling like they need to carry a six. They've got a stable five. Guyton can add some kind of um, speed in the middle of the year, you know, pick everyone up a bit. We know him and Herbert have a connection. So arguably the strongest position group on the roster heading into the year. I tend to agree with you. We'll save more Darius Davis offerings on the offensive side yeah. of the ball for a bit of um, bit of that game breakdown. Uh, all right, tight ends. Four of them, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, and Stone Smart. Stone Smart. <laughs> Uh, there's four of them. Okay. What do you think? Well, I think this is where the Chargers organization fails the test. I was saying, nope, fail. You can repeat next year. Uh, this was something I was talking they about. They were sort of destined for that kind of grading, weren't they? The way that the, the position was approached in the off season, which was yeah. left out in the stone cold nothing. We've become accustomed to at least a couple of head scratching moves on roster cut day or final 53 roster day. This is one of those ones that was a bit disappointing, although never really in doubt. We heard Hunter Camp Moy had been cut a couple of days ago. McKitty has not earned his position. I, I generally, I've got a rule, three full seasons for players unless grave incompetence has been displayed. And mm. I think just given how bad McKitty has been years one and two and how little he showed all through preseason in every game he was bad, I think I think a good team just makes the cut there and says, well, you have not earned your spot. Stone Smart. Uh, if... Interesting one. Looks athletic. Looks likely. I promised that I would come up with a song, a Stone Smart song, if he made the team, this is not the week. I'm going to qualify my statement and say that he has to survive for the next few days. 
and properly be like a 53 to start week one. Buys me a bit of time to think about the song. Any listeners, if you've got a request, chuck it in the comments. I'll take it on board. We know what Jack doesn't want it to be. And we had a chat with him the other week, but we'll we'll save it. Fast Car, apparently his (laughs) least favorite song, which blows my mind. But um... Outrageous. Shocking taste. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about Trey? Trey and uh, Stone Smart. You know what I think about Trey. Um, I think if anyone, if any tight end showed anything, I thought it was stone smart. Mm -hmm. Am I surprised that they've got four a little bit? Am I surprised that McKitty stays on when you think about it philosophically from the Telesco narcissist kind of like egomania thing, he's, he's not like getting rid of him. He's not conceding that defeat for such a high pick, um, third rounder. For yeah, I'm just like not really comfortable with this with this group, and I thought it was a it was going to be an issue uh, early on in the off season, and um, they just did not address it, and it's it's a big fail for me, the tight end room. Big and did fail. you see? Did you see the Eagles made a swift move to oh, trade Albert O? Oh, now yeah. maybe they wouldn't trade to us because we're a division rival. But I mean, look, I hope we're I hope we're kind of watching the tight end market. I know Steve Hagland on Twitter's kind of posted a few potential names there. None super have jumped out to me, but I mean that we don't have we really don't have a quality blocking tight end on the roster. So hopefully they're keeping their eyes peeled either the waiver wire or a trade. Yes, I hope so. Uh, all right, on to the offensive line, we've taken nine. Um, so our starters from left to right, Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsley, Jamari Salia, making the shift across from his step-in role when Slater was injured. And Trey Pipkins on the right. Backups, Foster Sorrell is the main backup tackle. Brendan Jaimez as the sort of flex will clap as Corey Lindsley's backup at centre primarily. And J- rookie Jordan McFadden makes the team. Um, first of all, what do you, I think we're all pretty happy with the starting five. Um, what do you think about Brendan Jaimez and Foster Sorrell making it over, let's say maybe Zach Bailey? Probably the most disappointing decision of the day. He couldn't have played any better Zach Bailey in either spot, right guard, or right tackle. He basically dominated every chance he was given to perform. 88.5 was his PFF grade across mm. the three games in the preseason. Now, Telesco spoke to the media today and Daniel Popper asked him about it. Basically, Heimers, Bailey, what's going on? He said, oh, they play different positions. Yeah. So, so what, indicating that... Hymas is viewed as center slash guard and Bailey is viewed as guard slash tackle. And just looking at the nine we did take in, he pre- they, they prefer the position flex with, uh, you know, clap as an extra guy who can play guard and a bit of center if you need it. However, I'd say that's not the correct question. That's a bit of a misnomer. I'd say false dichotomy, Telesco. You're toyed. I'd say... Foster Sorrell is the guy that you don't pick because of how he played in the preseason. I'd say your third tackle is Sawyer. And then you're really talking about Bailey as your fourth tackle slash guard. So I keep Heimers if you want. Don't keep Sorrell is the way I would have approached it. What about yourself, mate? Uh, I agree with you. 
wholeheartedly I heard on another Chargers uh, show about Foster Sorrell needing to do more work, uh, sleeping in Duke Manyweather's uh, basement and potentially just eating his shit uh, in order to become a good tackle. So good gags. There you go. Um, nine's probably the right number. I agree with you with Zach Bailey. I thought he was as good as can be and Foster Sorrell is not. Well, he probably won't um, clear waivers. Seen... That's the other relevant point. Yes. Like we want yeah. Bailey to make the practice squad. I think he's probably played so well he might land on a 53. Yeah. I I actually took Telesco's words of um, they play different positions as like a positional flexibility thing, maybe suggesting that Bailey was restricted to playing tackle um, or they saw him maybe, maybe just playing tackle, whereas Jaime's he's sort of a big guy. He can kind of move around a bit, but... Um, Maybe you're right. The way that they're looking at it with Foster Sorrell being a higher higher graded tackle than Zach Bailey's just they see something that we don't, I guess. All right. All I could the... say, like, is is that they say Sorrell plays left and we haven't seen Bailey play left tackle. He's only played right tackle and right guard. That's all I can really consider. And and maybe a quick comment, Jordan McFadden, pretty solid. Good on him. I feel like he yeah. made some strides each game he played in the preseason. Yeah. Agree with you there. I think he, well, we're not questioning his position at all. That's a really fun addition um, to see how he sort of played and how he grew as well. He looked a little lost early and then really sort of found him found his uh, found himself there. All right, on to the defensive side of the ball. S- defensive line: six players: Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, Christopher Hinton, Scott Matlock, and Nick Williams. Uh, Tito Obonia on the pup list and I'll start out. They've taken experience in Hinton over potential and athleticism in probably the biggest name to see off Jared Clark um, missed out and uh, Hinton sort of cleaned up a couple of Clark's flushes and pressures. Hinton got a sack off one of Jared Clark's awesome um breakaways in the was that in the saints game um he's an absolute baller for his size so they're taking the experience there over um you know a a rookie already got scott matlock on the on the roster as well so that would be two of them and we've got a pretty injury prone so there, there makes there's a bit of sense in in that safety uh the security rather of of that signing and or the way that they've sort of structured that um, what do you have anything further to add on the sort of those, there's, there's three mainstays, the first three I mentioned, and then the other two, Nick Williams, is this guy like a, a real thing? Does he's he a real man. He's a real boy. I, I think, look, contrary to, you know, Zach Bailey situation, I think Jared Clark is a chance to clear waivers and land on the practice squad, in which case the way we've structured, this does not bother me at all. Good point. I thought you made a great point. Like it is a position where, you know, grown man strength and all that, you know, this is a rookie um, show that it, like he, I thought he held up against the run better than Hinton uh, or Moe did myself, but maybe they just feel like that's against backup players. And in, you know, you want veteran experience in real games. Maybe they're very confident that he will slide um, and clear, make it to the practice squad because there's something to work with in Gerard Clark for sure. Over the next two, three years, we've already done to death how he's a, a real nose tackle whereas guys like nick williams not so much we've got a lot of three techniques maybe yeah. offer a bit more pass rush 
but you know maybe struggle on those double teams on first on early downs against the run. So I still think this is our most problematic position group. Uh, not a lot done really over the off season. You throw a sixth round pick at it. So I don't know. It was like it was a record breaking poor run defense last year. They haven't picked up bigger bodies in the final 53. So it's running it back again, hoping it's kind of linebackers and just internal improvement. Big risk. Big risk. Although, as we saw from the game, which we'll get into, Staley let um, DA call the shot. So maybe we'll just go, hey, it's his, it's his call. <laughs> <laughs> Turns the corner into year three, becomes cool hand Luke with the, uh, the press and... Throwing his mates under the bus. Yep. The Staley we never thought we'd see. Um, yes, I think you're right. I think Clark will clear waivers. Um, yeah, we'll just see what happens. Hopefully these guys stay healthy. Um, I saw SJD got a sack today in simulation. That's good. Getting some pressure up the middle. We'll see what happens. Um, point to make fan favorite CJ Okoye automatically now on the practice squad, I believe, uh, through the international player pathway program. Um, he automatic, yeah, clears waivers and becomes the legitimate 17th practice squad member. So that's part of the condition with taking those guys on. Uh, we get an extra practice squad guy, which is good. Um, the team love him. Um, Telesco spoke really highly of him. Works really hard. This is an absolute passion. So he's the kind of guy that you you want around, and he's pretty athletic. For I think Telesco called him lean. I don't know if that's probably the right word, but no. I've seen him build. I've seen him build at various lean. heights and sizes. A bit like uh, the Big Show. Is he seven foot? Is he six eight? What's going on? Definitely not six eight, but six build six. Rate, I think yeah. three fifteen, and he's um. He's a stout three fifteen for six. Well, SJD six. said he clocked over three fifty on the scales. Yeah, that, talking that makes a hot, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> I mean, it just depends how much he's eaten. Or Might have been the Homer Simpson belly on the um on the towel ah, rail. Ah, the towel rail, <laughs> Dad. I towel see. rail gets everyone the old towel rail. Um, yeah. Can we give like a Jack take on this? Like you know, it's organization. It's really important for the leadership to have. No idea what the voice I'm doing is there. Folk, absolutely woeful. That's Jack's American accent. <laughs> Play on. Play on. <laughs> All right. Uh, edge four, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Chris Brumph, Tuli Tuipolotu. No surprises there. Um, were you surprised to see that Kemp was waived fast, like before everyone else? Like, we had him around last year, he, he was pretty good against the 49ers. Uh, I think he forced that fumble that Leonard recovered. Yep. Just seemed like kind of, it seems weird how they, uh, how it sort of works where you can watch, like they know what's going on almost before preseason. They just want to sort of test it out and make change those maybe 48 to 53 numbers. Um, just see how they can mix those last few positions up. But you see stuff where you're like, oh yeah. And then bang, he's out the door days before um, the big list changes. Is there any kind of, Thought, your thought on that? I've heard it suggested it's done as a favour to the player to give them a slight head start on doing the rounds of teams. I've like heard that. it suggested. I don't know why your team would do that. Like, like, uh, like yeah, if, if they want to keep him on the practice squad, I don't know. Is that why your way you of saying you're shit, but you're not that shit? Yeah. <laughs> All the best, I guess champ. sort of it is. Yeah, it is. It is champing him. 
But Carlo Kemp, like this is, and we'll get to this later. This is why this preseason that kind of feels like no other. We are, we're cutting or waving players who are, you know, dominating preseason. We're talking 85 plus PFF grades for what that's worth in the elite category. That's not that's not the charges. That's not previous charges preseasons. We're usually scraping the barrel to find a couple of guys to make the roster no longer, which is great. Yeah, depth. Pardon me. Depth lineups forcing fumbles on first team offenses. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty rare charges gear. Tuli Tulipoloto has been really fun to watch. Yep. He is a student of the game and he has the tenacity and the focus that I think Chris Rumpf really lacks. Chris Rumpf always just seems like he's a jovial guy, but I think he's just a bit of a joker. And I think Tuli is going to surpass him quick smart. You watch. Hot sauce. No nonsense. Five linebackers, Eric Kendricks, Kenneth Murray Jr., Diane Henley, Nick Neiman, and Amen Ogbongamiga. Um, no real surprises there. Uh, Diane Henley has been very impressive. Very, very impressive. Not so impressive on um, uh, Truth or Dab. Um, Struggled, he bit he? into that bit into that first wing and his whole world changed. Um, Super entertaining would, guy, though. He like would have he... told his deepest secrets to avoid eating another one of those wings. <clears throat> Mind you, QJ on that episode wasn't that much better. He, you, he had a lot was, There's a bit of a straight man kind of like Abbott and Costello vibe there. Like they worked off each other really nicely, I thought. Yeah, that's it. One, They just wanted each other to suffer. Just eat your damn wings. Uh, safety's five. Uh, no surprises. Number wise, we've got a, some solid. You've got ones. Oh no! I was going to add. A, I was. Practice. I was going to add a final comment because we might not speak about him ever again. I thought Blake Lynch from the day he was signed mm. was outstanding. Like, or very close to outstanding. I like he made play. He made a sack. He's kind of making bulk tackles. He played on special teams. He did himself an injury against the Saints. I don't know if he seriously would have pushed the 53 because they do really like Neiman and Ogbong Bamiga as special team, core special teamers. I'd love to see him on the practice squad. If, for whatever reason, you suffered a season-ending injury to you know one of those fourth or fifth linebackers, I don't think the drop-off between them and Blake Lynch is much at all. I was quite impressed by what I saw. So shout out to Blake. Yeah, it's um, it's a position group that us on the show have spoken a lot about not being important in Staley's scheme, whether that's true or not. We've really seen a lot of improvement from the linebacking group yeah. this year, even without Kendricks on the field or Murray for most of the part. Did he play at all in the preseason? No. Um, Nick Neiman's flying around, making awesome tackles, hitting hard, same as our men. Diane Henley's everywhere. He was great. Um, in the 10 snaps that he played. Well, Armand made a touchdown saving tackle uh, against the Niners in their first offense yep. earlier. Yes, Ayuk he did. Put yep. Leonard Ayuk, in a blender. Got him down in JT the Woods with a bad miss tackled and, and Ogbong Mega kept him to the four. Save it for the yard. segment. Sorry, mate. Play on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing around. Um, yeah, and good depth as well. In that sort of linebacker edge group, Ty Shelby and uh, is a... A notable one. I've noticed him a lot. 59 flying around against the Niners. Yep. Mikael Jones as well did pretty well. Uh, just, you know, they're just camp bodies. Blake Lynch was a, a good one. We've signed guys like Nick Vigil in the past. And Blake Lynch just looked like a dude who was just way better. 
I don't yeah. know, maybe Troy Reader was probably yep. above Blake Lynch, but yep. I think that's um, fair. and an outlier to what I've just said, but bit bigger. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. He's on waived injured or however that one works. So they either reach a settlement or we put him on the practice squad and he gets better. Onto the safeties. Five safeties. Derwin James, Aloe, Gilm, Gilman, Gilm, Gilman, JT Woods, Raheem Lane, and AJ Finley. And as Jack said today, who the hell is AJ Finley? Well, mate, he's uh, he played 50% of the snaps on defense and 50% of the snaps on special teams. Tackled a lot, but five's, five's a lot. Jack's just watching the think? guys up front. That's why he's all lies That's on the That's true. Trenches. He's just a trench. Does not care. Um, I think I'm going to just reel off some, some numbers. Because, um, you know, he didn't jump out to me too much watching. I noticed him pop up here and there. Look, at 188 pounds, his build weight, that's going to put you like in the bottom second percentile of safeties. Uh, interestingly, he lined up as free safety on 43 of his 76 snaps, uh, 24 in the box. So that's, you know, about two thirds of his snaps deeper. That makes sense when you think of Raheem Lane as more of the box safety type. Yep. So this is kind of like, you know, adding a fifth safety if you want it. This guy's a bit more comfortable out in space. And as you said, Andy, um, he play, He was a four-core special teamer. And by that, we mean kick return, kick coverage, punt return, punt coverage. And he had yep. the third most snaps in the preseason on special teams, 77.9 PFF grade. So didn't really put a foot wrong. I know he didn't flash, but he was solid on defense and he was solid on special teams. So from that vantage point, I think it makes sense. Yeah, it seems like a lot on paper, but when you look at the contribution for from him and Raheem Lane on special teams, and I probably noticed Finley more on special teams, yeah. um, but Raheem Lane flies around as well. So they both have that, um, that contribution. JT Woods, I just, I, I guess we'll, I don't know. If we're playing in three, three safety sets, are you feeling comfortable with JT Woods? Being the free safety, if, if Gilman's out, he's been injured a little bit in the pre preseason. I'm feeling, feeling more comfortable, comfortable than I was week 17 last year. That's for sure. I think he's had a really good training camp and preseason. That like, are there still things to be concerned about? For sure, uh, there are still yeah. some missed tackles. He's a bit slow to react, but that was a bad miss tackle on Ayuk. Mm, it was a bad that one. Was a, really bad. It was a bad one. Real you soft. You can't do it. It's going to be a nah. touchdown in the NFL, like yep. at the in the regular season. That is touchdown. And the fact that Armen got to got him was crazy. I was like, God, that was like, um, I believe that jacket belongs to Mr. Gilmore. <laughs> He's chasing after him. <laughs> but he got him. He got the jacket. Good on oh, you. Oh, man. I uh, love it. Uh, We've got Simpsons. we got Adam Sandler going on. Uh, we're just having a blast without the big fella. Uh, I, I don't, I look, I don't know if. No Henry Lawson tonight, mate. No, it's coming. No, it's not. Um, I do... <laughs> it's not. It's Banjo Patterson on the way. Uh, I, I Look, five safety surprises me a lot, mainly because I thought Mark Webb, uh, there's there's some kind yeah. of internal power struggle that's happened here. Mark Webb is Staley's guy, for sure. Always talking about him. And yeah. they've gone with a guy most Chargers fans have not heard of at all. So not sure what's going on there. Again, though, we saw last year, Fahoko made the 53, then he got cut the next day. These things can happen. I'm not sold that Finley's on the 53 in a week's time. We'll find out. Tend to agree with you. Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like the the face of the Staley Web relationship has been tethered by lack of availability on Webb's behalf. I think he, pl- I thought he actually played quite well on special teams in the preseason, uh, here and there. Mm. Mainly, I saw him like make a couple of good tackles against the Niners. Yep, me too. But hey, if you're I not available, mm. who knows? Maybe they'll sort something out, and that will be a swap in the next couple of days. I tend to agree yep. with you. I don't think Finley will be around next week, but put in some good effort, so good on him. Rewarded for that. Uh, cornerbacks five. J.C. Jackson, Michael Davis, Asante Samuel Jr., Dean Leonard, and Jasir Taylor. No real surprises here. Um, Cam Brown played well. Yep. Uh, you know, Mullen played he'd probably well. Probably be. Yep. Uh, he'd probably be a candidate for the practice squad. I thought Dean Leonard really kind of usurped Jasir Taylor this uh, this preseason. Um. Jasir just didn't kind of, it didn't feel to me like he got better. There were a few coverage issues in that second game against the Saints. Then he really showed way too early on a nickel blitz. Um, Kind of gave Mm -hmm. that away. Yeah, I don't know. Um, The different sort of body size, you sort of see Jasir playing that that, uh, slot role. And Dean's got a bit of size. He's got a bit of range on him, so... Who knows? No real surprises with numbers or players there, mate? No, not a lot to say on that one, mate. How are you feeling about the group? Feeling, look, Jasir's kind of form, uh, and again, this is another Kyle D kind of point. That's a position that team, if they really want to get, get aggressive, can they find another guy to play star? Another guy that they might like in the slot, just in case Jasir Taylor's poor form carries over. There are still these guys like Desmond King who've been on the team before who kind of hanging out there. Can we find another guy of the kind of Jasir Taylor stature, which is getting, you know, 200 pounds, who might be that fourth or fifth cornerback instead of Jasir, knowing the charge is probably not because they he, he did play reasonably well last year for a rookie, but the preseason's been, you know, a bit wonky, I think, mm. from Jasir. Yeah, like, you know, failing to get your head around... Um... And coverage just looks really rookie stuff. And he was starting to show a bit uh, as the season got on last year. So a bit disappointing. Specialists, the last three to round out the 53. uh, Punter, J.K. Scott, kicker Cameron Dicker, and long snapper Josh Harris. Shout out to Dustin Hopkins. He had that quad game where he won us the game with an injury. Uh, He got traded to the Cleveland Browns for a seventh round pick. Would have 2025. Probably, mm, 2025 seventh round, was it? It's absolute trash. It's almost as trash as like not cutting him earlier and saving like the 1.125 million that we ended up putting in his pocket before shipping him out anyway. Yeah, no. So I think from a cap perspective, that's ended up being a wash because of the fact that he did get traded. So that's ends up so being a wash. So they've got to pay him that salary now. That's yeah. part of that contract. Yeah. Okay. So this was a good conversation that was on Bolts from the Blue again about was it foolish not to have cut him back um, in June? And the risk, like they risked this $1.1 million potentially if you couldn't trade him, right? And they had to cut him. Then you would have had to eat it. But yes, Kyle, okay. made the, Kyle made the point that the 1.1 mil was subject to an injury guarantee. And we don't know if because of the fact that he couldn't 
like he was in and out of training camp. There could have potentially been a dispute there if he was cut in June and he claimed he couldn't pass a physical and then maybe that 1.1 million becomes guaranteed. And there are other reasons why it helped to keep him around. There's the kind of cultural consequences of cutting the guy. You know, you either buy into that warm and fuzzy locker room stuff or you don't. But teams, I think, are loath to cut someone who's put it all on the line. And like last thing they did for the team was get injured, winning a game. Um, And then having him around also protected against any risk that Dicker either got injured or became shit in the preseason. And also your leverage... You never know. These kickers are head cases, half of them. They change like like the wind. Uh, And then the last one is... You doing weather chat? Bit of weather chat. Good chat. (laughs) Lift chat. Uh, You know, leverage increases the closer you get to week one in case other teams, you know, have injuries to their kickers. So... I don't know. Maybe it wasn't so foolish. Whatever. He's gone now. All the best to you, Dustin. Back off. And we move on with Dicker the Kicker. Yeah. Uh, he's been awesome. So happy with that. No surprises. Let's get it. Special teams ranked number one in the league for the preseason. That's ficking good. <laughs> okay. That's the roster. That's uh, let us know in the comments what you, you guys think. Uh, do you... Do you think we've whiffed and missed out? Do you think there's guys that we've cut that aren't getting clear waivers that we really should have had on our 53? Um, you know, it's contentious. And I think a lot's going to change in the next couple of, in the next few days or week. So don't get too cutthroat about it. All right. Um, Chargers beat the 49ers uh, in week three of the preseason. And that was a pretty fun watch. We watched it together, mate. Had a couple. Had a couple We're of. We're not going to have it this. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the thing with Dazzin, because we sp- split an account because, you know, it's not cheap. Uh, you can only have two screens. So Jackie Boy's off watching in Adelaide and us neighbours have to uh, share a couch and yep. share, share a few beers and a couple of very strong margaritas while we get through watching um, Eastern Distic do all right and then Max Duggan just probably not deserve himself a spot on the roster. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it, like how it comes down to. There weren't too many big takeaways, were there, mate? I mean, I thought Doug. Well, look, let's is... keep it to stuff that, like, let's let's talk about the. We've spoken about the guys who were probably yeah. unlucky to miss out on the fifty-three. Let's talk about things that will be relative to looking forward, looking towards season twenty twenty-three. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think one big one then, and massively interesting, is play calling and the running game. Yeah. This is now two out of three games we've rushed for over two hundred yards. Had a quick look at what the play calling was like, 31 rush attempts in that game. They only passed for 30-something yards. Um, looking at the type of runs too, they had 23 zone runs and 12 gap or man scheme runs. So Kellen Moore went full 49ers on the 49ers. He's running a lot of outside zone, a lot of inside zone. And if you look across the three preseason games, that balance again of the 76 called runs, 45 zone, 31 gap. So maybe that gives you some indication of the plan and how they like to run. Definitely suits Josh Kelly. It will suit Austin Eckler. Not having to squeeze between one gap. You're making decisions cut and go. Uh, I love the running game, mate. I love the run blocking in this one. And to run on that team, which is traditionally really good up front, uh, was one of my big takeaways from the game, irrespective of the result. For sure. 600-odd yards off 87 attempts. We're almost going at seven yards per attempt and five rushing touchdowns over the preseason. Beautiful. The, 
the 41 rushing attempts that we had for the game just shows like, sure, it wasn't like attractive football, but when Max Duggan's your QB and you've got a lead and you can do this sort of thing, it's at your, at your advantage to be able to run the ball and just, it was just really great to see us lean on the run game. Uh, it's not really something that you experience too much as a Charger. So Chargers fan rather. Um, Josh Josh Kelly sent one to the house. That was super Whoa, exciting. How good was that? Yeah, mate, that got oh. me out. That got us off the couch. Few noises, few high fives, uh, a yep. bit of drink spillage going on, couch ruined, carpet screwed. It was good. It was good gear. Yeah, and that's just the um that's just the design of Kellen Moore's offense. It is designed to work. It's one, it, and Kelly said it afterwards, it's one cut and gone. And he executed and bang, he was he's like, oh, I got wheels, I got gas. See ya. Do you know who else He's executed up. on that play? Zach Bailey. But uh, so did Hymas, mm. and that was okay. So great run, Josh Kelly. Super likable guy. One of my favorite interviews. So good on you, mate. Yeah, very energetic interview. Um, likes to explain things in part, potential past dialogue. And I was like, hey, look, if you're going to do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, hey, if you can do it, you should do it. Love that okay. chat. That's good. Um We'll go. We'll go to Eastern Stick. What did you mm. What did you think of his game? He was. He looked good at times. He was accurate, but I think it. You got to look a lot for lot deeper than the stats to sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah. a and feel the, for how his pocket presence has gone from the first week through the second into the third, and he's played against progressively better opposition. Yeah, but. Is, is there a lack of quick out options for him? Um, does he like just hanging on to the football? Does he enjoy being engulfed by a scrum of man? He might enjoy the stick hit. You never know. But like, the, look, we're a bit limited with our zone at the moment. We can't access the coaches' film, so we're a bit kind of tied to the broadcast to see where the hot routes are. But Eastern Stick is holding the football too long, too long, brother. Too long. We're going like two point seven five three seconds beat. Sacked. So there were, there were two sacks in this one. And I thought it was a real, like the last two games have just told me again, oh, okay, look, maybe we don't have a backup. And then you're seeing Chargers Twitter talk about Will Greer and, you know, other quarterbacks we might sign instead. So look, Easton, strong start, but uh, I wasn't I wasn't super impressed myself with, with how he went. And Max Duggan uh, kind of didn't even bother with the passing, did they? They were just like, use your legs. Both really good athletes. Both can take yeah. off and run. Uh, yeah. That ain't going to cut it uh, long term, I don't think. Yeah. We've spoken a fair bit about the likes of Sorel and Pleasance, who are relative bums on the offensive line, giving up sacks. Anything else you want to talk about offensively, position any players? I mean, Stone's, we spoke about Stone Smart as well when we talked tight ends. Yeah, Do need up. more kind of. Yeah, popped up. We need more tight ends for sure. I do want to kind of round out by saying I've noticed that our jet sweeps have never looked this clean or dangerous. That's a big takeaway for me. Crispy, fresh. Holy smokes. Whether it's Darius Davis, and forgive me, there might have been another player who was run on a sweep that's just eluded me. But either way... We're looking, it might have been Darius Shepard or something like that, or one of these. You might be right. Uh, But look, either way, I thought across this preseason, I've never seen it look this effective. And it might be more a function of the other play calls so that the defense really isn't expecting it. 
Whereas the lack of creative creativity generally in Lombardi's scheme, you know, defenses didn't have to prepare for a whole lot. And they're probably like, look, maybe one snap every three weeks, they're going to go with this fucking jet sweep to Bandy or Guyton. So let's just oh. get ready for it. <laughs> so I don't know. I think jet sweeps might actually work. It helps having a guy who can run like a 10 second hundred, but you know, it's looking, the operation looks clean. Very clean, very crisp handoff. Uh, Dario Shepard was the guy you were thinking of Ooh. in the bin. Got one there. Um, yeah, I did want to speak about Darius Davis's addition to in the, the... Hoop swish from the three. <laughs> You've been warned before about basketball Sorry. chat. No more basketball <laughs> chat. Swish. If you'd watched another game, you could talk about it. Yep. Um, the Darius Davis, uh, yeah, what he adds to the offense, he's already shown good chemistry with uh, Stick more so than Duggan. Duggan's thrown five balls. Um, but yeah, those handoffs in the jet sweeps and his just his ability to get speed to the outside and then recognize the hole and make that cut and go yeah, is amazing. not something I've ever really seen. Everything that was Travis Benjamin was just, here's my arc. I'm going to run around on it. And if I get hit, I get hit. And there's no like conscious, you know, there's no spatial awareness to be able to elude anything on that. So I'm just seeing so much more, so much more diversity in our run game, in our, um, in our offense, um, enjoyment in the run game from the guys, from the, the blockers and from the, the runners playing to our strengths. It's really positive stuff on offense. Like I said, defensively, Derek Ansley called the plays and I think he did a pretty good job. Yep. Um, their first string offense was walking down the field, but like I said, our second string D forced the goal line fumble and, um, you got to get across that line to score. So it doesn't matter how look how good you look in the in the lead up. Um, we got it done. Yeah, deserved the game ball. Um, I was a bit surprised that Staley uh, let that kind of happen. He strikes me as a bit of a closeted control freak, mm. the sort of not let his friends play with his toy with his toys kind of guy. Um, but they're good friends, and he recognised he's been a defensive coordinator, I think, in the college realm before so good on him um what did you see from any of the players apart from henley we've spoken about him of course um guys running around making a mess what do you think i liked seeing uh leonard get a chance on Ayuk. i know he lost one but there are a couple where the coverage was actually close so like leonard gave up two big catches one uh, it might have been chris conley or something like that yes yeah so he gave up yep. a 35 34 yard completion and a 35 yard completion but the other five times he was targeted no were all incomplete and he also recovered that fumble went in there stuck his face in the fan as they like to say and picked up the football so face in the fan. dean leonard looked he's looked good all off season uh one thing to be just mindful of i thought the run defense wasn't as good this week i thought compared to the first two games, I thought between uh, Tyrion Davis Price and Jordan Mason, they really, mm. they looked in control. Davis Price had 10 carries for 61. Jordan Mason had nine carries for 59. That's That that looked back to the old days. I thought Moa struggled. Clark had his moments where he didn't look as good. Hinton really struggled. So yep. like Niners are up there with the best in terms of their run scheme back to earth again in terms of the run defense. So uh, yeah, something we need to focus on. 
Yeah, definitely an improvement of opposition on both sides of the ball uh, week by week. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think it was maybe we just rested the second string is a little more and then the, you know, the David Mowers got run over a little bit. Uh, there's nothing more for me. I thought special teams was super tight again. Um, we've really improved and tightened up on our penalties as well. Um, oh, amazing, man. Like, what? like, holy smokes. When we're like one penalty for 10 yards and the opposition's seven for 85 or something like that. It's, it's, Years gone by, it's the shoes on the other foot completely. So that's that's really good stuff to see discipline um, trickling its way through. Even the backups, it's fantastic. This sums it up. Never seen a preseason like this. If you're looking just at like PFF grading, these are all the categories where through the preseason, the Chargers finished in the top 10. Overall, they were sixth. Pass blocking, 10th. Running the ball, second. Run blocking, eighth. Defense, ninth. Run defense, ninth. Coverage, eighth. Special teams, first. So, ridiculous. That's top 10 in all of those areas. The only ones that, you know, I've got to tell the other side of the coin. Passing was 29th and receiving was 28th. So, obviously, the team like focused on running the ball. But I mean, that is so many top 10 areas for the preseason. Depth on the team looks great. Yep. Yep. Agree with you. Um, just, yeah, real fun. All right. Well, let's let's look around the league uh, to finish off with, mate. We've got a week off ahead of us. Um, I'll get into ramping up the, uh, the promo for next week show uh after we do this just just some stuff let's just talk about some stuff that's um just been revving us up that we're you know bringing that love back for football things that are are exciting you they might be a team a player what have you got start us off mate nothing gets me more excited than watching Tua throw a horrible pick and the first First kind of throw of his preseason was one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see against the Texans. I think he threw it to Denzel Perryman. Uh, JTO Sullivan, who runs one of the best YouTube channels out there called The Cuban School, showed a number of times, no idea what Tua was seeing. Like the linebacker just dropped back off the play action, uh, rolling to his left, and he just threw it into double coverage. No one, like, bad stuff. So... They're our opponent week one. They're struggling with some injury stuff. Uh, that's what I love to see. What about you, mate? Yeah. <clears throat> Good vibes. I like it. I'm going to stay in-house for my first one and uh, praise the recognition of either sense of or error by cutting quarterback Max Duggan. Mm-hmm. Years past drafting, then cutting a player, like I said earlier, in the same offseason was just unheard of. Um, he'll clear waivers. Uh, you'd have to imagine, given what he's put on tape in his five passes and looking terrified, to be perfectly honest. Real deer in headlights stuff. Uh, put on the big boy pants and they went up to his armpits. I don't <laughs> really know if it's a good thing to have him as the insurance um, or as the sole insurance. So, yeah. Good on the team for, for making that business call and, and doing that. I like it. Bad luck, Duggan. I'll stay in-house too. I'll go bromance between Brandon Staley and Kellen Moore. And 
Uh, Peter King had this video, you know, formerly of Sports Illustrated, now with NBC. He'd been allowed in the room with Callum Moore going through some practice film. Brandon Staley was there, and you just get this kind of real sense that the two like each other a lot and that this is going to be a happy, happy marriage. Thought Peter King was a bit weird. Uh, we real were, weird. He was like, hey, Callum, you know, what do you like about what do you like about Justin Herbert? Like, is he good? Is he a good guy? Is he a smart quarterback? Like, what makes it such a great throw? And then he just he just holds up. He's, he asks a question, then he holds up his phone this close to Kellamore's face to take a little still frame of him. And Kellamore just like completely ignores him and just answers it. That would have thrown me. That would have ruined the whole interview for me. I would have been like, what is this clown doing? And you would he have been just praying for internet issues. <laughs> None of that this week. Disconnect. It's all tidied up. Hey, I don't want to don't want to jinx it. But yes, Staley and Moore could be the best offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator combination that the Chargers have had since yesteryear. So let's go. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Um, my next little excitement: small sample space, of course, preseason opposition, etc. I had this guy listed as one of my "I love you" mans um, in one of our draft preview shows. I think I went with someone else, but this, uh, he was, he was definitely one that caught my eye. He went at number 63 overall in the second round to Denver and Marvin Mims Jr. is showing some pretty awesome stuff throughout the preseason. He's a fast guy. He hauled in, um, an incredible 50 yard throw from Stidham against the Rams. So yeah, it's the Rams. I could really grow to hate to love this guy, but we'll see. That's, um, that's an exciting one. I love the angle you've taken there, confirming your priors, because we're only going to talk about guys who played well in the preseason if we pump them up during the pre-draft process. They're the only ones you're going to hear about. That's Uh, right. And for me, there are a few. There's um, Quan Martin, who we talked about being a I love you man kind of guy, uh, cornerback for Illinois, and now uh, for the Washington Commanders, had an excellent interception during week two. Tajay Spears, who we both really enjoyed, the running back for the Titans. He led the NFL preseason with 4.73 yards after contact per rush. So he looks like a nice foil there to King Henry for the King. And the last one that I'll end on, uh, my favorite quarterback coming out in his class that people, you know, they cooled on was Sam Howell, the North Carolina Tar Heel. And... He's gone from fifth rounder, one of the kind of most um, disappointing, awkward falls on draft day imaginable. Or one time the year before, he had a possibility of being a number one overall pick. Slides to the fifth round, and now he's the bona fide starter. And I thought he did well. He ended the Ravens' preseason 24-game win streak as part of that um, commander charge. And he just looks fun. They're kind of Baker Mayfield vibes. He's strong. He throws the ball down the field. So go, Sam Howell. Hope you have a great year for Washington. Yeah, I'll just double down on that Washington victory over Baltimore. It was um, I think it was Sam Cosme's chat about oh, yeah. the record. That classic O-line chat. That was real good. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, this is a bit of a fun one for me because I really don't love the team, but I've always been a big Aaron Rodgers guy. I've got... Um, Close association, shout out to my <clears throat> my cousin Dan, who's a big Packers guy. So I've watched a lot of Packers with him in the past. And um, 
He's headed over to Jersey. He's he's taken all his mates. He's got secret handshakes with his rookie teammates at 100 years old. Oh, yeah, aren't they the good? old fingers to the joint and then puts the joint out, I think, on Bryce Hall's arm. It was like, it was good gear. That's a nod to Matt Stafford, who whose wife came out and mentioned that he's really struggling to connect with his younger teammates. And um, I'll just tangent and say that I reckon Sean McVay will see that. And this could be like a a little whisper in the wind for Matt Stafford, maybe not spending the whole year at uh, with the LA Rams. I digress. He's still talking trash on here. the... Hey? A bit of tank for Caleb, perhaps. Maybe. Maybe. What a way to finish my sentence there. Aaron Rodgers... No, I was being serious. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, 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 the, it's the cascade, isn't it? You know, get rid of your quarterback, lose a bunch of games with... Uh, I couldn't even... We played against them, and I can't even remember. Oh, Stetson Bennett. Cool. Yep. cool. Stetson Bennett. Uh, threw a couple of picks last week, did you? Oh, nice one. Uh, Roger's still talking trash on the field. Um, it's going to be fun to watch whatever happens at the Jets this year. Uh, I haven't watched Hard Knocks yet, but I've heard that there's a bit of um, bit of bullshit inside the walls there. So, you know, the inner lurkings might change my mind, but still, um, still a Rogers fan. Yeah, you stay there. You're not coming. Love it. You got one more? I'm out of cutlery. Wrong seg. (laughs) (laughs) I also think that the AFC North is going to be a really tight division. The Pickets to Pickens is... uh, Yeah. I heard heard Mark Sessler last week, I think, on Around the NFL refer Mm. to them as like the prime candidate for the August champions, which made me laugh. But I'm on the train... Uh, I just want to see that division against the 49ers. That's going to be good. Well, that's the thing. Al and I, we always do our, we do a yearly um, getaway for week one and the pilgrimage. And this year will be no different. The highlight reel um, of those two playing the connections, the the catch that Pickens makes um, it's plus their opposition, you know, playing against the, the Steelers. They won the, the curtain raising honors on the Monday morning pre charges dolphins. But, you know, that AFC North, uh, even if Watson's half useful in Cleveland, that's going to be a tight division. And um, it's always dirty physical football. That'll just about do us. Like I said earlier, uh, stick around to the end because next week is the big number 5-0, TDU's 50th episode. So we're going to do some classically silly gear. Yeah, raise your bat if you've got one. We're going to do some classically silly gear. Have a bit of fun. Don't miss it. One of us has a 32-man QB ranking, and uh, we're all going to have a bit of uh, fun with it. So thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see you next week for episode 50, party poppers, all the stuff. Enjoy your week off football. It's coming. See you next time on the Thunder Down Under podcast.